I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nervic Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the comic creator and artist of the It's a Horror Show comic series, Jay Lauder, here to promote the Kickstarter for the comic's second issue, The Date. Welcome, Jade. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be able to talk with you today. Well, thank you for joining us here today. But um, outside my introduction, who is Jay Lauder in his own words? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so um, who is Jade Lauder? I am an, uh, an artist and comic book creator. Um, I teach at, a, at, at Montana State University and uh, I'm, I teach drawing and different classes and stuff like that. And I've been doing that for about seven years now. Uh, I have two degrees in painting and so I, I kind of come from a fine arts background, but pretty much my entire life I've always made comics in in some level and comics have always kind of been a part of my practice, whether that's just unconsciously or subconsciously filtering into my paintings or, or whatever. But in the last two years, uh, it's actually kind of funny. I had like a student once who told me, um, you know, Jade, did you always want to be uh, an art teacher? And my honest answer was, no, <laughs> I actually wanted to be a comic book artist before I went down the road of being a, a professor. And that started me thinking, you know, what if I got back into comics? And so, yeah, about two years ago, I started the, the kind of journey of rediscovering this part of myself that I hadn't really given, you know, very serious focus to since I was a kid. Um, so now I, I kind of like lead with I'm a comic book artist because that's become kind of become my my major focus of my art practice, but it it hasn't been for ten plus years of me working as a as a painter and showing my work you know uh, in galleries and kind of having that as a as a focus, and now getting back to to comics feels like I'm reintroducing myself to a part of me that has been lost or something like that. Um, and yeah, so that's maybe a little, uh, uh <laughs> a little heavy or a little deep for, uh, for just an intro, but that's, that's, that's who I am. Well, what is It's a Horror Show, uh, I guess the series as a whole about, and then what should new readers expect? Um, well, what should returning readers expect with the date and what should new readers know about the series? Yeah, sure. So it's an anthology horror series. So each issue is kind of self-contained right now. There's not like an uh, an overarching narrative that spans from one issue to the next issue. Each are their own kind of thing. Um, it's a horror show is kind of born out of my love of just horror and horror comics, but specifically like campy, goofy, over the top horror. And so that's kind of what It's a Horror Show is, is really about is these kinds of ideas where I take a really simple, you know, character and I flip it on its head in some way. And I, and I try and make something that's not expected for traditional kind of horror narratives. It's, it's mostly uh, like a joke or something like that. That's like kind of at the heart of it that I find really funny and that kind of propels the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. um, so the first issue I did was just a mini comic um, and it was kind of centered around this idea of these college kids going to a cabin in the woods and the, you know, the killer showing up, but instead of him immediately kind of like uh, uh, doing what he's there to do, 
the college kids start critiquing his ensemble, like his outfit and like how he shows up. And uh, and so they start like kind of tearing him down and he does like a mini fashion show where he shows off like the different outfits that are possible for him to wear. And all the while I'm making kind of commentary on horror tropes and stuff like that. Um, and 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 then at the very end, you know, he kind of gets fed up with these college kids and, and and does what he was there to do, murders them all. And one final, you know, kid as he's like, gar- you know, gurgling with blood, kind of points up, up at him and says, "Now that's scary. Someone who doesn't care what other people think." <laughs> and so, <laughs> it's 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 that kind of stuff that I'm I'm trying to kind of like pull into the comic where it's it's a uh, it's humor, but it's also kind of a big critique of horror tropes and, and and ideas and stuff like that kind of putting on its head it's all it's all pretty tongue-in-cheek and so the date um is its own issue it's its own thing um and it's born of this idea of this uh kind of rock star werewolf who's this punk rocker uh werewolf that i i kind of made up and it was drawing uh in just like a little one-off thing uh, before I even started this this project, and I just love drawing this character so much that I was like, I just I, I think it'd be fun to do a full book just about him and just to see where where that story could kind of go. And so that's how the date was kind of born. And from there, it was I I, I love the idea of doing a, a a goofy romance, and I wanted to kind of like play with that. And so I did this this. Yeah, this kind of goofy romance where this werewolf meets this kind of damsel in distress, but she's not all she cracked, you know, she's not all really damsel. She's much, uh, uh, she too is also kind of a monster. And I wanted to kind of do that, uh, again, kind of something unexpected where you're expecting the kind of hero damsel trope and then flip it on its head and do something totally different. Uh, And so that's kind of what the date is in a nutshell about and so there's punk rock there's monsters there's uh uh, hot rods there's all kinds of stuff that i think just make for uh like a hell of a lot of fun Mm -hmm. so excuse me could you um i guess elaborate a little bit more on your creative process for it's a horror show so say so you say you know you've been doing comics your entire life but in the last couple of years is when you really like really got into it and be like hey i'm actually going to create them and put them out into the world right yeah so like when i say creative process i mean like you know character development storylines world Mm -hmm. building and has it changed any way from issue one to issue two yeah um that's a great question i think that if anything has changed from issue one to issue two is is issue one was never really it was never, I never saw it going anywhere. It was mm-hmm. just kind of a, a one-off funny idea. And then I got to working on this werewolf book and I, and I thought like, you know, it would be really fun if like it was an anthology series and I just kind of kept going with uh, with this, you know, the the idea of it's a horror show and and building that out. So the kind of like difference in the process was, was really like that the first one was this just, yeah, just this one-off simple idea i really had no idea if it was going to have legs or if i wanted to keep pursuing it and then by the time i started writing the kind of second book it was it was its own thing as well but it felt like it fit tonally to what was what i was doing in the first book mm-hmm. um and so yeah a little kind of more insight into the process um 
I think as, as a, like a fine arts painter, my, my work is a lot about place and identity and some, and some fairly introspective kind of things. And so when I moved into, back into comics, I wanted to just have fun. <laughs> I didn't want to have to uh, pull something deep and, and, and you know, uh, out from the recesses of my mind that really connect with myself. What I wanted to do was just tell stories that I thought were funny, that I thought were fun. And it was a part of my personality that I couldn't really use in my paintings, but I could do it in comics. I could tell these funny stories. I could make my friends laugh and stuff like that. So um the books that I've decided to work on and, and focus on are are that they're they're uh, mostly mostly like kind of pulp genre fiction stuff that just makes me laugh uh, and that I'm just you know super into but mm -hmm. I don't have an outlet you know in the kind of quote unquote like serious painting uh, kind of world to to be able to do so the the process really is simply like starting off with just a, a core idea of um, will this make me laugh? Will I, will someone else find this funny? Uh, and, and usually it's like a, a phone call between my brother and me because he and I, uh, we're pretty close in age and, and we kind of grew up together and we grew up just making each other laugh. And so I'll call him and pitch, like I'll run an idea by him. And if he laughs, I'm like, okay, I'm on to something. And then I'll, I'll start flushing that idea out. And then if I call him and he just is, it's like crickets. I'm like, okay, maybe I dropped that one. <laughs> maybe that one doesn't have anything. Um, so he's kind of like a sounding board, honestly, for my process of, of just like writing. Um, and, you know, writing is something that, again, I, I feel like I'm kind of newer at simply because you know, when you're painting, you're not having to really do that. You're just making these pictorial images and then they speak for themselves often. Uh, and in comics, uh, having to be the kind of like director, the writer, all these kind of like different avenues of, of putting the thing together, I've had to really think about how I want to tell stories and, and the kind of stories that, that I just get excited about. And I think that for me, that again, kind of like all sinks back to this idea of just making stories that make people laugh and uh, and contain elements that like other horror fans and other geeks like me would probably be really into. <laughs> well, were you surprised that, you know, especially in the first issue that people actually liked it? Because you said you weren't planning on going anywhere with it. Mm. And now people are reading it and they're at, did anyone ask like, hey, are you gonna do a follow-up on this? Or it was more of you wanted to do a follow-up on it? Yeah, I'm, it was it, it was surprising. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like um, I, I kind of made them for me. And like I said, kind of for, for like a select group of people I thought mm -hmm. would be, would get a kick out of them. Um, and when I started kind of putting them out there, you know, really simply just kind of distributing them locally and then a little bit online kind of like distribution. And then I started getting feedback of people asking like, oh, well, when are you gonna do the next one? When's the next full one and, and stuff like that? Cause the first issue was a mini and they just wanted more. And, I, and then it got me thinking that I could probably do a, <laughs> do a follow up to this and that would be fun. Um, and I think that like uh, more than anything, it, it kind of let me know that, I don't, I don't know if it was like, I'm on the right direction so much as it was, oh, people people are at least enjoying this and are, are, are also getting a kick out of it. 
And so let me give them something else to, to you know, to laugh at uh, and, and, and to kind of enjoy in that way. Uh-huh. So when you started, you know, uh, illustrating the comics and writing them, and you've been reading them for pretty much, like you said, your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. So did when you when you started actually, you know, drawing everything out and writing thing and thing out, um, did you compare it to what you normally read or like because you know how the climate changes and the culture changes for like every what three, four, five years. Mm-hmm. So what you wrote or like what you read five years ago may not fly now. So mm-hmm. How is it entering into a field that like is is changing all the time? Yeah, like um, so when I kind of d- had my reawakening, I guess uh, to, for like lack of a better word, um, I kind of went just hog wild and started recollecting and getting new issues of things that I thought were really exciting and and you know that were contemporary stuff that was coming out right now. Um, going back to comic book shops in a, in a big way to kind of read up. And so there was probably a, a six month period where all I did was just kind of like toil away with no aspirations of ever showing anything of what I was doing, but just reading and practicing um, without, you know, I, I had been practicing and drawing and painting for, like I said, like 10 years. Um at, but as a kind of a fine artist and teaching, drawing and all that kind of stuff. So I had like chops, but when you apply them to comics, it's there's a different translation between fine art and comics in a way, like the language of just drawing and whatnot. So it took me a while to kind of like brush back up on some of that stuff that I had kind of put away. And then also to start assimilating and, and bringing in those sources that I, I was starting to gather um, in that kind of six month period of, of, of rediscovering comics. And so some of those, you know, things were definitely like um, uh, Scotty Young and Jorge Corona's Middle West was probably one of the first books that I picked up. And it, it like blew my mind in terms of just, it's not just its humor, but it's, uh, it's art style. Like Jorge Corona is probably one of my favorite cartoonists uh, right now. And there was something about a style that just felt like I'd never seen anything like it before. It felt so fresh and so kind of goofy at the same time. And uh, yeah, it, it definitely isn't the, the kind of stuff that I re- I've been reading, you know, my entire life. Um, but yeah, so there was there was definitely this big period of me like pulling in new resources and, and new comic book artists like uh, Adrian Tomino was a big one. Um, who else is in that? Um, and then there's artists that I, I blank on the names, but like uh, <laughs> the the book Vinyl, um, there was a, a comic called Rumble, and that was like the art style. And that one really uh, kind of like scratched an itch in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there was a, a lot of stuff that I just started kind of like pulling in in that in that that period that ended up showing me, oh, I could be a lot looser. I could I could try different stuff. Paul Pope was a big one as well that like showed me I could be much more playful in terms of just like line work and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, but you're totally right that that like um, from what I was reading and whatnot to what's kind of hot right now or, or what's kind of like the most kind of uh, contemporary, there was like a little bit of a learning curve to, to 
relearn some of that stuff and 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 think about what is going on now. Uh huh. So you being not only the creator of um, it's a horror show, the series. Um, so you're like the writer in the in the illustrator for it. So was that to do everything yourself? Was that like a financial thing, or was that more of an artistic thing for you? Like you don't really you don't you aren't ready to kind of work with anybody yet or was it more of just a money thing um it was more just a um i don't think it was necessarily either or um i think that uh so right now from like at lesser known comics who's publishing it's a horror show i'm working with mark um bernal who's the kind of head honcho of lesser known comics mm-hmm. um and i'm he and i are actually working on a book together right now as well where he wrote it and i'm drawing it so more so than anything um where i live in montana there is just not a comic community it doesn't exist um in my town it's me and that's it <laughs> and so like it's more of there's just nobody here there's just nobody for me to work with yet so um as i like branch out and my network of people in the comics world kind of grows I am starting to want to partner with this person and that person and think about that um I always kind of like first see myself as an illustrator first um writer and kind of creator was kind of secondary but it felt natural because as as a you know as a painter and as an artist I've been kind of doing everything myself for for years so it felt natural to just okay I'm going to do everything and uh i'm just going to put something out it just kind of was second nature out of out of necessity uh versus any kind of actual like plan it's just like Uh i have to do it this is how it has to go so i'm gonna do it um but i definitely want to work with more people and you know like i said in this project i'm working on with mark it's it's so much more it's so much fun to like kick ideas back and forth with someone than just kind of doing it yourself sometimes you know because you can rework something to death on your own but when you're working with somebody else you know that has that ability to edit and say oh no I don't like that or oh yes I do like that then you're not going over it a million times and reworking something you can just like okay moving on to the next thing and 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 uh, so it's a lot faster in a way than just doing it on your own I feel like well you don't kick ideas back forth to yourself am i the only one that talks to myself like i don't think that's gonna work well no if you do it like this well no 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 (laughs) oh i i I definitely i definitely do that as well i don't know that i wanted to come off you know as (laughs) as you know as as buck wild as just like looking in the mirror and talking to myself in my studio but that definitely happens where uh, i'm working out ideas and maybe something's just not as succinct as I want it to be, or I don't think that something is like, um, maybe it's a layout or something like that. I don't know mm-hmm. how many times I'll, I'll just redo a, a full page and I'll just pull it and say, nope, I'm doing it, do it again. Uh, see if the next one comes, you know, becomes a little better. But when you have like a writing partner who uh, is all, you know, also like uh, uh, kind of acting as a cheerleader in, in a way as well, I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, dude, this is awesome. I love what's going on here. Um, that like motivates me to, to be like, oh, okay. You know, I was second guessing it, but if, if he likes it, I'm, I'm all in. Like, that, that's good. So having someone who's also kind of like operating that way, and I, I think that's what's so great about Mark is he's really good at just like championing creators and, and whatnot and saying, oh man, 
this is great and giving really great compliments. It's not all just, you know, compliments. A lot of it is like feedback on how to make something better. But um, I think that he, he's so good at like finding the balance between that, that it, it, I think it's, it's so much smoother sometimes than work, <laughs> working with myself where I, uh, I think I'm my own, I think everybody's their own worst critic, right? And I definitely mm -hmm. fall into that of, you know, being pretty hard on myself when I look back at like maybe a page I redid, I'm like, you know, this, this was fine. I didn't have to do it three times. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been there. But um, what advice would you offer to other creators you wish someone would have told you when you first started or even during your process of It's a Horror Show, the, the series? Oh, man. Um, that's really tough. I feel like I'm just getting my legs under me. And so it, it's, it's tough for me to have necessarily like a piece of advice. Um, I guess as, as a teacher, I can offer some of that stuff. <laughs> that, like... Yeah, that's fine. So yeah, you as a, you just even as a comic book fan, as a teacher, yeah. or, you know, or, you know, what you're doing now as a writer and working with a publisher, even with lesser known comics. So something mm -hmm. that I guess, or even just working with a Kickstarter, like how was that, yeah. how was that going? So Oh man, Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> I still I feel like I'm just, you know, uh, I'm not very good at Kickstarter yet. I feel like I, I'm, I'm still getting, again, my feet under me with that one. I think in terms of like, just either being a comic book artist or trying to put your stuff out there, uh, a piece of advice that was given to me um, from a, a creator that I really like, and I think it was super helpful. Uh, one of them was like, do something small, start with a small idea. Don't mm -hmm. start with like a giant graphic novel or a 12 issue arc story or something like that. Make something small and then just start getting it out there. Cause I think that was something that I was, I was doing is like, I was kind of tooling away and working on a project that, that uh, before it's a horror show and it, it, it ended up sucking up so much time and there wasn't a lot of like growth from one issue to the next issue. And I just, I couldn't see myself kind of like out of that one and then how I could develop it any further. And as soon as I made It's a Horror Show, the, the you know, the kind of mini, and I started putting it out in, into people's faces and stuff like that, more positive stuff kind of started happening by just making something small and getting it out the door. Um, and so I think that would be like a huge piece of advice is don't, in just getting started, don't think of something, your magnum opus that is going to, you know, be this uh, uh, thing that's going to take you years and years to create, just make something like small and doable, get it out the door so that you can get some people following you and into what you're doing so that people can pay you to then make that magnum opus. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so you're not doing it, you know, without that, that kind of like uh, fan base or, or uh, you know, the motivation of just having other people into your stuff at that point, you know. Um, and then the other piece of advice that I really liked was just make the work that you want to make and put it out there and there will be an audience. And so mm -hmm. like, just make what you want to make. Don't worry about trying to make it what someone else is going to like or what you think fans might be into. Make what you want to make and put it out there. And I think that that's been really great as a more of just kind of like doubled down on, I, this is making me laugh. You know, it's a glut group of people that I, I know are going to be into this. They get a kick out of it. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm onto something then. 
and then I put it out there. And I think that that has been a really great, you know, model instead of just trying to make something that is pleasing to everybody, which you're never going to do like that won't yeah. happen. Um, so kind of make it for yourself and, and, and there'll be an audience. And I think mm-hmm. that's, yeah. So those two pieces for, at least for, as, as a creator, comic creator standpoint, I've been, um, been really following. And then I, I think my last one that would be for, uh, anybody who wants to kind of be in the arts. And I was given this in high school, this piece of advice, and I've kind of like always like used it and thought about it that, uh, so the advice is, if you can do or think about doing anything else other than arts, go do that thing. Because arts require 150 billion percent <laughs> dedication to them. And if you're yeah. not willing to give it that attention and that kind of like seriousness in your life, you, you're better off, you know, with your pursuits doing other things. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, I've, I've always thought about that of, you know, whether or not it's one endeavor or another thing, do I actually care about this? And do I actually want to like, you know, plant a flag here and say, this is super important to me. And if, it, if I don't, then, then I know it's, it's time to move on to the next thing. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've never heard of it like framed that way, but I'll, me being a, a writer myself and doing podcast and like pretty much doing everything myself. That's more of a financial thing for me. Um, yeah, I pretty much give my like 110, 20,000 percent of my time and energy <laughs> into what yeah. I do. And I mean, I've I've done other things, but I've always come back to this. Mm-hmm. And I figure, but I never gave it a whole lot of my time and energy because I just didn't have any left, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, just pursuing it full time. I really don't have a choice but to give it a thousand percent in a mm. way. So, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I've never had it framed that way before. But um, throughout this whole process for you, um, it can be like when you first started doing it's a horror show, during you know um, how you feeling currently now, or even just if you put it to the side, like you have all of that down packed, like you have Mark to help you you know, mm-hmm. you're working on your second story and maybe even the third in your mind right now, but like, do you, or did you ever get overwhelmed with anything, <laughs> right? Especially with, you know, you're a teacher and, you know, juggling with that all day and then your home life, you know, um, and then bills and then the house, car, you know, relationships even trying to get some time for yourself right mm-hmm. um does it ever become too much and how do you typically manage your mental well-being when it does oh yeah that's that's great um so the the other kind of side of like my creative endeavors and whatnot i'm actually a part of a nonprofit in bozeman i I'm, i've been serving as the the uh president of the board of the directors for a nonprofit called compassion project and we're in uh, an arts and well-being Um, organization and so like what we do is we um, teach empathy and kindness through arts and mindfulness practices and a lot of that is work on self-care and thinking about that and so I've been a part of this organization for about mm, four years now and as is you know as a result of being a 
part of that for so long, um, self-care has been like become just not just a buzzword, but like a practice, like a thing that I, I live by of, of carving out that time and making sure that I'm, I'm taking care of my mental well-being. So whether or not that's, you know, going to therapy, which has been amazing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been really, really great to be able to, you know, talk with someone, get some strategies for dealing with anxiety. Cause yeah, you're right. You know, being a teacher, being an artist, having a home life, having mm-hmm. bills, all that kind of stuff, you know, like uh, being an art teacher, I'm not breaking the bank. You know, it's, it is, I, I, I'm skating by most months, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then on top of that, like, yeah, I have a wife, I have, um, you know, some cats and I have, uh, you know, uh, friends and people I want to spend time with and family and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that takes up a, a fair amount of time and stressors and stuff like that. But yeah, so I think for me, my, my well-being, um, things that really help would be, yeah, therapy. It, it's, it's, it's great. It's a, it's a carving out, you know, an hour a week um, to talk, to just go over what's been, what's been, you know, bugging me or, you know, work on some, you know, um, some things to help me with like manage my anxiety and whatnot um, are, are amazing. Um, as well as I think just, I've learned what self-care looks like for me and, and self-care is different for everybody. Right. Um, and so some, for some people that's, that's literally just taking a nap that's, or that's, yeah. you know, like a bubble bath or, or whatever. Uh, but for me, I've learned that something that like really does that for me is going to record stores and just looking through records. I'm a pretty avid collector. And so for me, just flipping through stacks and stack of records, it like, I can feel like my heart rate just like calm down. I like, I'm just in this cataloging brain. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm shutting everything else out of the world. And I'm just looking through stacks and stacks of records. And there's something that's just so soothing about that, (laughs) that, uh, that like, it gives me just, you know, an hour or however long I'm in, you know, this or that record shop, um, just gives me a little bit of time to myself. And I feel like that helps me really manage so that when I come back out of that moment and I'm like jump back into teaching mode or family mode or whatever, I've given myself just a little bit of time and a little bit of space just for me. And then I can give other people, you know, my attention again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So flip. So that's, that's interesting that you go to record stores um, just to flip through the records, right? Is it maybe the act of touching something and just having mm. something in your hands possibly because you know everything nowadays is just through the screen right? right so the act of actually touching things like even with shopping for clothes just going to the mall mm. and actually feeling the fabric of the clothes and putting the clothes on versus just ordering them online so maybe the act of touching something may help with you know with some anxiety you may have or is yeah that's that's probably you're you're probably right on with that. Um, I think too, you know, when I was uh, a little kid in, in school and whatnot, or just even in high school or, or college for that matter, like I always had to just be doodling. I just had to like be be touching the paper in some way and, and doodling. And mm-hmm. even when I try and sit still, like my hands are just like going, like yeah. <laughs> like I can't I can't not like be moving my hands. It just doesn't work. Uh, and so, you know, forever, I've always been a very kind of tactile person. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's probably, you're probably totally right. You know, I don't like buy records online. I don't like really look at music like digitally at all. 
mm-hmm. I prefer to like, you know, flip through stacks of vinyl. And I think it's, yeah, you're probably right. It's, it's, it's definitely a tactile thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my last question for you, Jade, is what is your idea of success? So I ask that because as creators, if we're not getting uh, regular paychecks from a full-time job or making cons- consistent revenue from our art, we're considered failures or we consider ourselves failures. Many of us will put our dreams and projects on a back burner or give them up altogether because this career path can be highly intimidating and competitive. So what is your idea of quote unquote success? Man, it's, it's rough. I, I have this conversation with my students all the time about like this idea of success in arts and you know, oftentimes for, for them, they have these ideas of like, oh, I want to be um, supported just by making my art, or I want, you know, my stuff in this or that gallery. And that's when I'll know I've made it and all that kind of stuff. And I think the idea of success is such like a, it's such like a capitalistic kind of thing. It's, it's, it's like, man, if you're not being productive, if you're not mm. making the most of every hour of your day, you're slacking. And I, and sometimes I feel like it's just, it's so ingrained in us, right? That it, it's it's kind of a bummer. Um, and so I think success for me is just, I'm, I'm experiencing a level of it now of what, well, like, you know, that kind of success of, I get to make comics. I'm not currently super worried about bills and stuff. Like my teaching is, is I'm doing good <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm at a good place right now. Um, I'm able to make comics. So I can make what I want to make. Um, I am starting to get my stuff out there. I think that anymore it would look like um, being able to uh, to to give more time to comics uh, and more time to being that kind of creator would feel successful to me. And I think versus any kind of monetary or fame or anything like that, I think for me it would just be able to being able to shift my time a little bit more. Mm-hmm. being able to shift more of my time to being a creator, making more comics and stuff like that versus having to worry about paying the bills. I think that for me would feel like a, a, a yeah, like success. And I, without, without being, you know, too much like the little kid version of me would be like, I want to be at a comic con and I want to <laughs> have a table right next to like my heroes. That would be success. And that would be all well and good, but I don't have any like delusions or anything like that. I just want to keep making the things that I'm into. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'd like to grow my audience and have more people be into what I'm into as well and, and, and share that kind of stuff and be able to talk art with more people. That, that's, that sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to share about It's a Horror Show, the date, um, or the, the series as a whole that I may have missed? Maybe discuss rewards for potential backers? Yeah, so um, for this Kickstarter, what, what we're doing is um, there will be a physical copy of It's a Horror Show, the date, which is kind of like the, the, the basic base level for, for uh, rewards for the Kickstarter. Um, and then we're going to be doing a reissue of issue one for uh, which will be like the next kind of plateau up for for uh, for backers. Um, and that uh, I've included a brand new short story that's going to be in uh, issue one to kind of um, give somebody, you know, more more readers something interesting if they already have issue one, there's another reason to rebuy it because printing number two has a new short story in it. 
Um, I'll have a couple of different variant covers um, that I'm working on right now that are <laughs> not all the way done, but they'll be done, it'll get there. Um, so there'll be some cool variant covers. Um, I think Mark and I are, are trying to do some, uh, some, some cool stuff. I, I kind of pitched the idea to him of, of trying to do like an It's a Horror Show popcorn bag because I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, um, pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're working on something like that. And we're also working on like, uh, you know, in the book, the, the main character, the werewolf, um, who doesn't have a name, he's nameless. I, I, I kept it that, there because I liked the kind of spaghetti Western where you have the nameless hero and mm-hmm. I wanted to keep him nameless. Uh, so our, our werewolf hero, um, he's in a punk band. And so I thought it'd be cool too to have um, uh, it's a horror show uh, guitar picks and so like that'll be a part of the the rewards as well some different like promotional stuff that I think would just be fun and goofy to, <laughs> to uh-huh. kind of like include that are kind of about the story in in, in a way um, yeah I mean I, it's a horror show uh, the date is is a lot of fun I had a really great time making it um, I think that it's you know every book I make I think I I get a little bit better things you know uh my writing gets better the art gets better all that kind of stuff and so to date this I think is my best work um and I think there's some really great surprises in it there's a lot of um just fun stuff for horror fans and for punk music fans and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff um I I that's kind of how Mark and I actually you know started getting to know each other is uh you know, through Instagram, but then um, we're both, we were both in punk bands, you know, in our earlier years. And so uh, we kind of bonded over punk rock and stuff like that. And, uh, and so now I'm making this story. And so a lot of it too is also now for Mark, because I think it's, it's uh, uh, to make Mark laugh <laughs> and, and adding little jokes about like the lead singer and, and stuff like that, because uh, Mark used to be a lead singer. And, and so there's a lot of jokes that are they're in there for for people who are in bands and and yeah just fans of the genre in general you know i mean i don't want to add any pressure onto you or make you feel like you have to do these two uh ideas but i think maybe like a um like a like a music poster since the the world was supposed to be a musician i think that would be pretty cool that would um, be or like yeah maybe a like the, the show poster yeah that's a great idea. Um, That's a super cool idea. Or like maybe a ticket stub since you have to pick. Mm. And then um, like maybe a mock-up, well, not a mock-up, but like a, a VHS. Um, oh, yeah. What you call it? Sleeve? Tape sleeve? Something like that yeah. maybe? That'd yeah. be kind of cool too. It's like an old That's... horror campy poster. Like it, it would be the same as maybe like a movie poster but then you put it on the around on the, yeah, on the sleeve i gotta write it down Both, <laughs> I, I i think all those ideas are, are 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 rad like i like the idea of the uh the show poster a lot and i think it's funny too because i i used to being in a band you know you wear so many hats when you're just doing it all yourself you know and I used to have to be the person to do that. The show posters were like, oh, Jade, you know, you're in art school. You should do the posters. And it's like, cool. Thanks for volunteering more work. More work. <laughs> yeah, guys. yeah. Or like, since you like vinyl records, you can do like a vinyl, you can do a vinyl oh, sleeve. Oh, yeah. That'd, yeah. Be, that'd be really cool. 
yeah i i went to school for graphic design and i had to do the same stuff like mm-hmm. mock-up of like the wine for wine bottles and logos and so my mind just went straight to different ideas for you like mm-hmm. i said i don't mean to volunteer you to do more work it's just <laughs> ideas that came into my head no i i, I totally dig it i like that i like that a lot yeah <laughs> No, I mean, at this point, I kind of need to do that stuff. Like, that's the part of the the, uh, the Kickstarter stuff that I'm so bad at. I'm like, I have the book. Is that enough? No? Okay. <laughs> I keep coming up with stuff. So, no, that's that's perfect because that gives me a lot of ideas of, of what to kind of, like, maybe shoot for and do some different stuff. Mark and I had talked about doing some, like, postcard designs. And so I think some of these would translate really well to doing, like, a like a postcard of the the kind of VHS sleeve. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be sick. That'd be so yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, again, I want to thank the comic creator and artist of the It's a Horror Show comic series, Jade Lauder, for joining us here today to promote the Kickstarter for the comic second issue, It's a Horror Show, The Date. I highly recommend our listeners to give the It's a Horror Show, The Date Kickstarter a look, share, and back if they can. All of Jay's socials, Patreon, and Kickstarter will be listed in this episode's details for those who are interested. And again, I am KS Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Network Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.